The Sports Complex with Patrick Davis on the Horn. Welcome back to the Sports Complex on a Monday afternoon. I wish it was a better Monday afternoon. I wish we were all much happier on a Monday afternoon. I wish the sports weekend had gone a little bit more our way. But it did not. On the show today, I'd like to do two hours just talking about the Spurs and how their first preseason game is tonight. We just talk about Victor Wimanyama and all the, the lineups and how much potential and the Vassell contract extension. That's what I want to do is I just want to talk about positive things in the Spurs, but uh, I don't know if that's the right thing to do. I think we're going to talk some Texas football. We're going to talk some Cowboys football. And, of course, we're going to go on with your text. 512-447-3776 is the text line. 512-447-3776 is the text line. You guys drive the show. We just try to keep it on the rails. And, uh... I want to, you guys let it out today. You know, this is a, this is a try and, you know, take off the edge, uh, take, you know, take a step back from the ledge uh, Monday, you know, you may overreact on a Monday. We kind of got to get through it. And I think the Longhorns was on Saturday. So I feel like we're all a step further along in the Longhorns recovery process. If you're a Cowboys fan, that recovery process is still happening right now. Still a little antsy on the Cowboys, but, uh. We'll get into all that. If you guys got any concerns, if you guys have any solutions, if, if you don't feel that bad, text it 512-447-3776 is the text line. You guys drive the show. We just try to keep it on the rails here on the Sports Complex. Uh, we'll set the big fat poll today. Some clips from uh, Ian Robbie and hook them up. Uh, we'll have some clips from them uh, with their takes of Texas football versus OU as well. All that coming up on the show. But we will get in to Texas OU. Uh not the game that anybody wanted us to see, uh, or if any of us wanted to see. And in reality, there's there is positives in this game. There were things that you walked out of this game and you said, "Okay, I can find the silver lining in this." But at the end of the day, what what annoyed me on Saturday at halftime is what annoyed me at Saturday at the end of the game. It what annoyed me on Saturday when anybody tried to blame other problems is that Texas was out physical. And lost on both lines of scrimmage. They lost both offensive and defensive line, which there's no excuse for. You have the guys. You've been able to do it all season. You did it against an Alabama team. You did it. You've done it against, you know, a Kansas team that came back and, and beat the Bricks Alpha UCF on Saturday. You've been able to man, do a manhandle. And I'm not saying you got to decisively win, but you're going to lose, not even push on both lines of scrimmage. You're going to lose on both lines of scrimmage? That, to me, was the most disappointing part. That for whatever reason, that the offensive and defensive line were not prepared 
physically and mentally for this game to come out and dominate like they need to do. And if they do, Texas walks away. This is not even close. If, if, the, if the defensive line can pressure Dylan Gabriel up the middle, this isn't the game. Where, this is not what we're having on Monday. If the offensive line is able to get the ball moving on run plays and is able to move forward and impose their will, we're not having this conversation. But neither team did what they needed to do. Neither team could push Oklahoma off the mark. Oklahoma came out. They were pissed off. They felt they'd been disrespected. They felt the whole, you know, we haven't played anybody talk was too much. That, you know, it doesn't matter. We, we played who was in front of us. We didn't schedule them. So they came out and they, they showed. And, and props to them. Dylan Gabriel, hell of a game. Everybody on that OU team had a really good game. I, I nothing but nothing but respect for what OU did. They didn't, you know, but you Texas should have been able to go out against there and impose some will, at least sometimes, at least a few times. Go out there and do what you want to do. Now, I mean, Jonathan Brooks still has you know his moments. Quinn Ewers has that early pick that just didn't seem like he was really in the game at that moment. The second pick, you know, was just a bad play. J, uh, you know, we can play the clip talking about JT Sanders and. And where he was at, and, and trying to come down with balls, and th- those you know the, those two interceptions bad, but he comes back, bounces back, nineteen straight completions, looking better, getting the ball down the field. They come down, they stall out on that drive at the end of the game, they stall out, but they still have a shot. The, the one we're worried about, Auburn kicking the ball, we were so worried. He you know he doesn't have the nerve anymore. He's got the yips. He comes out, he does his job. But you can't can't close it out. That fourth, the four plays from the one yard line, and you can't score. The play calling on that, the the players on that, how everything happened, just everything about that series, everything about that is reductive of what happened in the game. The play calling which wasn't quite right, that the players didn't implement the game plan quite right, they didn't execute the play quite right. And Oklahoma did, and Oklahoma wins. There's positives, though. There's positives. Texas shouldn't have been in that game with how bad their line played. But they're the more talented team. And so they were able to be in the game, even though they were getting pushed around for a lot of the game. The fact that you can make Byron Murphy a real non-factor, and Texas is still in it. The fact that Jalen Ford, who made some tackles but looked indecisive and confused for a lot of that game, and you still had some plays. The fact that Quinn Ewers looked like the quarterback that we want to start him get to, and he he did his job in the second half and after that first series. He did his job as much as he could. There's positives in it, but man, watching that O-line play was in the D-line play. It's just painful to watch for an entire game. Never seemed to get on track. Never seemed to get on track. Sark spoke to the media today. Sark uh, will get his opening statement about the OU game and and look, he, he didn't sugarcoat anything today. He came out and said what he had to say. It sucked. He said sucked more in this press conference than I've ever heard him say in his life or in any press conference since he's been at Texas. I'll say that. He said sucked more today because that's what it felt like. Because he knew we weren't that far away. We were the more talented team. We should have had a game. But we just just didn't come out and execute. Didn't come out and implement what we wanted to implement. And we acted like we should have been there. And Texas is not good enough to be a Georgia who coasted through the first part of the season until they played Kentucky and then came out and wanted to play Kentucky. But Georgia is good enough. 
They have the talent. They have the the reputation. They got everything. They can come out and kind of just dance around for a couple weeks and and not really be in it and you know still win games. You can't go in against an OU team that's undefeated and think, well, we're playing good enough. We'll just go in there and do what we want to do and not have respect for the other team. And that's what it felt like. It's what it felt like. And I know, I know they're not saying you know that's not what they did, but it felt like it. It's what it felt like. Here's Sark talking to me today with his opening statement about the OU game. Recap the last ball game here with OU. Um, you know, a lot of it, I, I feel like, you know, you never know when you talk in a, pre- in a post-game press conference if you hit on the things that it felt like and then you go watch the tape and it, it kind of bears itself out. You know, I think obviously the turnovers were a factor, not, not necessarily because of the points that came off of it. I thought our defense did a great job of minimizing three turnovers to only seven points. But those are momentum plays, right? They, they create momentum for you uh, when you can generate them. And so three to nothing in turnovers was an issue. Um, the nine penalties were an issue because that was, that's out of character for us. You know, I think we we're averaging just about four penalties a game. And, and to have nine in the game, uh, the pre-snap penalties uh, were an issue. Um, obviously, the unsportsmanlike conduct after the block punt, uh, you know, roughing the punter, uh, which in turn they end up scoring on that drive. So those were those were issues in the game. Um, you know, three red zone trips for us to to only come out of those those three trips with three points. Uh, quite frankly, is probably the the biggest deciding factor in the game. Uh, you know, and you know, because you know our ability to move the ball wasn't in question, but our ability to, to put the ball in the end zone was. Um, and then conversely, they have six trips into the red area and they score 34 points. Uh, so if you just look at it that way and do the math, um, that that was an issue. Um, obviously, the end of the half and end of the game defense, you know, our inability to get stops there uh, were, were issues in the game. You know, five sacks uh, that came a variety of ways, you know, putting us behind the chains offensively were hurt. Uh, and then conversely, not having very good rush lanes on our end to allow uh, their quarterback to move in the pocket, move up in the pocket, keep his vision was a factor as well. Um, I will say there were some real positives in the game. I know sometimes when, when you lose, it's easy to, to look at what went wrong. I think there was a lot of things that went right. Uh, obviously, that the fake punt was, was a great play for us that, that swung some momentum. Uh, the block punt for a touchdown, those are, those are huge plays. And Bert Auburn, uh, what a kick, you know, 47-yard field goal with, with a, just over a minute to go. I think getting him back into his fold of what he's capable of being, um, that's going to be big for us in the second half of the season. Uh, I will stand on. I loved our competitiveness. I loved our resiliency, our grit, our toughness, uh, our fight, even when we weren't at our best uh, Saturday. And we we weren't. And we just didn't execute um, the way we're capable of executing all the way down to the touchdown on the last play. You know, we have a pressure called. you know, we don't cover we don't cover it right. We don't execute the pressure right. We have two guys running in the same gap, and one guy can block two, and it allows the quarterback to hold the ball uh, to throw the touchdown. So, um, I think that the, the biggest thing that comes out of this for me is, you know, with um, with all that being said, we had a great opportunity to win the game with all the things that I just talked about. Um, and if that's our worst, we're going to be okay. That's it. That that's the end statement. That's really where you get to the end, and you can say, if that's our worst, we're gonna be okay. Because it, it's true. If that if that's the worst Texas ever is, which I don't think it will be, 
I think they have a I think they have another level of worse. Uh because they didn't it wasn't like Quinn Ewers was exceptionally bad in the game. Or that Jonathan Brooks was really bad, or any of the wide receivers were really bad, or or, you know, the, the defensive backs weren't even really bad. You know, Jer- they missed execution. Safeties definitely missed some execution throughout that game when Catalan got hurt. I think it threw off the rotation kind of what they were planning to do a little bit. Ryan Watts being out definitely didn't help in the rotation in the secondary, and they, they didn't look like they were, they were befuddled a few times. The offense definitely confused Texas at different points. But I wouldn't say that it was terrible. The, the, you know, offensively, the team was okay, except for the fact that you couldn't run the ball and there was some bad play calling in the red zone. That, you know, and Sark will talk about it. I can play the clip from Sark uh, talking about the red zone stand because that, to me, is kind of the game. You know, the rest of it, you you got beat. You, you, uh, you, you were outplayed in a lot of it, but you started turning around in the third and fourth quarter like you had been doing. If you get that and you don't give them all of the momentum, of getting you in a goal line stand, and you're able to punch that ball, and especially if you punch it on first down, and the pla- the plan works with Tavondre Sweat and and Byron Murphy, and you have your big guys, and your big guys impose their will. This may be a different game we're talking about right now because the momentum completely shifts when they get that stop on the on fourth down. But to call that play, fine with it. It didn't work. That's disappointing. Then to go to the outside. Say we're going to try it again, and then just really not execute at all. Like at that point, it seemed like the offensive line basically said, uh, "Well, the the big guy, the defensive guys will do it." And then Byron Murphy got stood up because he is a defensive player and not an offensive player, and so it didn't work the way you wanted it to. And then on third down to call it again, and Sarkle said, "I'll play it for you." Sark says, "I wouldn't do that again." You're like no crap, you wouldn't have done that again. Of course, you wouldn't have done that again. That was the fact that he called it again. They lined up, and I don't know how many of you guys. I was sitting at home going, "Well, he's clearly not going to run up the middle again because they all know he's going to do it." So this is the time Quinn keeps it right, and Quinn goes the outside, and you give him an option. You give him an option of of a of a tight end or a wide receiver, and you give a couple different options, and maybe Brooks is there on a on an option, and you try and throw enough things on there that you say we're not going to just run the ball right up the middle once again. And let them and, and when they know it's coming and they've stopped it twice. Byron Murphy and Tavondre Sweat did not work twice, so we can't run behind them again for a third time and then force a fourth down without trying something else. But he doesn't. He would he'd take that mulligan. Of course he'd take that mulligan. Here's start talking about it, and we'll get back to it. Yeah, Steve, uh, your game plan was creative as hell with fake punts and save gun red and gunner helm and all. The, the four tries from the one. That uh, sucked. Yeah. <laughs> is is that, a... <laughs> do you see that as a, a toughness issue? And did you just no. felt like you should have been more creative there? Uh, I, no, I don't think it was toughness at all. Um, you know, the, the, the first down play, you know, their, their kid makes a, a really nice play. He kind of shoots the gap and, and gets into to Jonathan Brooks's legs. Uh, the second down call, um, that was the sequencing of those two calls, and I knew I was going to go with there. Um, and it, the edge just, we just don't get enough of the edge, and we get the ball down to the one again. Quite frankly, if I could do it all over again, I would have changed the third down call. Um, I might have ran what I ran on fourth down, on third down, um, which. I don't know if that's creative enough or not, but I probably would have done that on third down and then gone to something a little bit different on fourth down. So uh, 
you know, I don't call it stubborn, whatever it was. You know, I went back to the first down call on third down and, and obviously not effective enough. And I'd love for us to execute it a little bit better than we did, but um, that's, that's the way it goes sometimes, you know. And so, um, but yeah, it sucked. Yeah, I let the Kirk Bowles question in there for you because I wanted you to hear him say it sucked and sucked and sucked. Because we know it did. You want me to say I don't like you laughed about it, but it, it did. And I know he's, he's trying to move past it, which you got to do. You got to kind of go forward. You need to look back at that and go, well, that was, that was just awful. That was my bad. It was my mistake as Sark. Shouldn't have done that. But to not, to do that again, to see that the, the Sark stubbornness, the thing that is, that is plagued Sark for years, that his game plan is going to work and what he thinks is going to work is going to work no matter what. And you know what? Screw the opponent. We don't need a game plan for him. We're Texas. We're Sark. We're going to get him. That that stuff that he's been doing that he's shied away from more this year, that he's gone into being more more planned and ready for the teams he's playing, being ready for the personnel he has, that guy went away on that goal line drive. He thought he had something so special because the Byron Murphy play worked against smaller teams and worked against teams that were not, you know, top ten teams in the country, undefeated teams five weeks in. He thought, well, that worked on them, and it worked so well. I mean, people were coming out with clean jerseys. So, well, this will clearly work. Like, they, But they had film on it. They knew what was coming. Just a bad. And so that right there, it, it, it's a microcosm of the game. That, that goal line stand and the red zone problems for Texas and everything just running into the same brick wall over and over and over again. And all the improvements that Texas has this year and how much better they look in so many different facets. How much better this Texas team looks. And for them to still run into that same brick wall against OU, it's it's just it's just hard to see. It's hard to watch. It's hard to deal with. But there is silver lining in this. There is there is positives. You still have the Big Twelve Championship. You still have all the other pieces. But you have to look back at this game and you have to take it in reality. You got a bye week this week. You get the week off where you can go back and really look at that film and really psychoanalyze why was I not ready? Why was Byron Murphy and Tavondre Sweat not at 100% in that game? Was it Were they playing too many snaps? Were they tired? Was it an 11 a.m. game after not playing 11 a.m. games? Was it the, the whole, you know, the scene around it? Was it the fact that you beat them 49-0 last year and you thought you could do it again? Was it What was it? What was it why you were not able to go do what you know you're able to do? Why was that? That's what you need to figure out this week. Because you can't let that happen again. If you get to the Big 12 championship, you went out. Oklahoma wins out. You're playing for that Big 12 championship. You know what? They're still going to be pissed off. They're still going to want to beat Texas. Because I know we, we all say, oh, you sucks. And we all have to think. But we're Texas. We can say that. We're, te- we're the fun ones. They live in Oklahoma. This is their life. We have, there's a festival happening in our town this weekend. And I get it. Texas is life for a lot of people. We were out there. Thanks to everybody who came out to the crossover, the field house. Great to see my man Chan out there. Uh, me and me and man Jacob out there who's a listener. I appreciate you guys coming out. Uh, to the guys we said hey to, I know I took off at half because I was pretty disgusted. Uh, my man Jacob, Christina Killingsworth, who's the best media person in the company, the best marketing person in radio. She's out, She was out there saying hey to everybody, and it was packed out there. So that, thanks to everybody who came out that. I was sick of it by halftime. Because the offensive and the defensive line sucked. They just did not play well. 
They didn't get the pressure. You got, you did exactly, and you kept letting Dylan Gabriel get what he wanted because you couldn't create full pressure. So you would either could a pocket, and man, Dylan Gabriel was good stepping up in that pocket. And then he has a giant run because you finally get a pressure on one side of him, and then he just squeezes out the other side. I get it. He, you were playing a good team. But you got to go out there and get him. Text line's open, 512-447-3776. 512-447-3776. Love you guys texting in. Let's read some of these texts. Then I'm going to give you a big fat poll because a big fat poll is not about Texas. We're going to come back. We're going to get more to your text. We're going to talk more Texas OU. We'll talk about Cowboys in the 6 o'clock because that's a whole different discussion. I'm not. There is not as much silver lining in that one. We'll get to that. The big fat poll is going to be about that. But I do want to get uh, – Nate, my man Nate on the text line, it's the positive that you aren't the Cowboys. Yes, the positive is there is silver lining. The positive is that Texas can come out of this and be okay. The negative is you got punked by OU. Talk trash all week, and then you get punked because you didn't play hard because you just weren't able to win those lines of scrimmage. Either one. Either one. You get one sack. They got five. That's, come on, you can't have that. You, you get stopped at the goal line. You let Dylan Gabriel just kind of look. Dylan Gabriel looked like a better quarterback than Quinn Ewers. You're not supposed to let that happen, defense. I, I, PK didn't call a great game. I can give him that, but you know, you're expecting the players to execute a bit better than they did. Injuries are a part of it, sure. Do you expect players to execute better? Oklahoma Greg says, I live in Oklahoma, and I promise you the Sooners didn't care about any team this season except beating Texas. They've been preparing most of the season just for this game. Had a lot more film on Texas than we did on them. It's all about winning this game for them. I'm not sure Texas takes it as seriously. I, I think Texas does, and Texas fans definitely do. I don't want to say anybody listening to this who's, who's doing this for punishment at this point that we're talking about this game on a Monday. I appreciate each and every one of you listening. Believe me. So I know that you guys take this seriously. I think Texas takes it seriously, too. But I don't think Texas – the talk was Texas could be playing for a national championship, and the, tech, the and the talk about Oklahoma was Oklahoma doesn't even deserve to be a top-20 team because they didn't play anybody. So I get why they can come in as the underdog and be pissed off, and if you're in a street fight and some guy's pissed and the other guy is drunk, you're the pissed-off guy's going to win. Texas wasn't drunk, but they, they look like it getting pushed around out there. Oh, you was more physical. 100% OU is more physical. Can we please take Kelvin Banks to run a fridge play on the goal line? It's one yard. Look, Jonathan Brooks is the guy you want to run the ball. Jonathan Brooks is one of the best running backs in college football right now. That's the guy I want to run the ball. You, you can push forward with anybody else. I don't trust Kelvin Banks to hold on to the football the same way I trust. Because we can just give it to Byron Murphy or we can just give it to Trevondre Sweat, too. They're just big humans, too. We can give it to any of them. Jonathan Brooks is fine in that. And honestly, he did a better job than a lot of those guys. That He almost was able to get his left leg out, but his left leg kind of got caught up behind one of the linemen, and it just he wasn't able to get the balance to be able to lean forward. He almost got it on that first one, and he just wasn't able to get the momentum going in the right direction and it didn't happen fast enough. Hate to say it, Patrick, but it appears the old reputation was true. UT was soft across the board, players and coaches. And this is the thing. I don't think they're soft. I think Texas players can be as hard as they want to be. But every once in a while, you come out and you get in a fight and you don't realize because they thought Oklahoma was soft. That's the problem. They thought we don't have to be as hard because we'll take it. We'll go out there and we'll impose our will. And they didn't take the other team seriously. So they can be harder. But by the time they got punched in the mouth, they weren't able to do it. 
You got the mental game was in their heads. Yeah, it was. It was in their head. The popcorn man. Have here have the Monday afternoon for your resident 49er faithful in the ATX. Congrats to you, popcorn man, for that one. You nailed it. Texas didn't get physical. The defense wasn't punching them in the mouth like we should have. What did you say? Punch, we got punched in the mouth. And in the second half, when you need to respond and you need to come out, it looked like Texas was still trying to – it looked like Texas tried to finesse in the second half. Instead of coming back out and believing, like I believe, that you can be a more physical and harder team. And it just looked like when they got hit at the beginning, they kind of took a step back. And they said, okay, well, we can do other things. Our footwork's better. I don't care about your foot. Go out there and be the guy. That's why they're paying you. That's what the NIL, that's the pancake factory. That's the big humans line that Sark says. The footwork is great because that's how you can be that great. But you got to be more physical. And I think they will be. I, by the way, that's the other silver lining, is I don't think our offensive and defensive line is going to get punked again this season. Those are some big guys that do not like this talk happening this week. So all the great talk that they've been getting, all the love Byron Murphy and Tavondre Sweat have been getting, all the love that the offensive line, and let's hope Jake Majors is fine. We didn't really get an update. I could play it for you. But they said Ryan Watts, Jake Majors, we'll know more about that next week. So we're not going to get that today. But I, I think those guys are going to come out and make a point for the rest of the season. But the thing is, if you've got six more games before you got five, six more games before you get to play Oklahoma again, don't get cocky again. Understand what happened. We're going to hit the big fat pole. We're going to take a break. We come back, more of your text. We're going to yell more about Texas OU. We're going to get through this together, guys. I appreciate everyone coming through and doing therapy with me on a Monday afternoon here on the Sports Complex. Let's get to the big fat pole. Patrick's Big Fat Poll of the Day on the Horn. Big Fat Poll of the Day today. We're going to talk Cowboys. You know, it's a bye week for the Texas. So I'm going to, we're, going to, we're going to shelf it for now. We may go back to them tomorrow, but we're going to go with the Cowboys because the Cowboys looked really, really bad again twice in a season. They've looked good three times. They've looked terrible twice, right? So we know that this, 40, this Cowboys team, it, it could all be a Fugues. It could be. Who knows what this Cowboys team actually is? So while we're all overreacting, I'm going to play into our overreactions because I'm overreacting too. I've been overreacting since before the season, saying Mike McCarthy's a bum, and you know what it looks like right now? Just saying. We'll get into that at 6 o'clock. But I want your text in, and want your, I want your point on this for the Cowboys. What should the Cowboys do next? If you're Jerry Jones, if you're running this team, you know the trade deadline's coming up. You know there's not really that many free agents out there. If you know, Are you going all in this season? Do you stay the course? Do you just stay and you say our players will get there? Is that what you do? Do you fire Mike McCarthy? Does, it, does that help you? Do you have another play caller that can go out there? Do you fire? Do you get rid of Dan Quinn too because apparently his defense has holes? Like what do you what do you do now? Do you make a trade? Do you go leverage your future first round picks? Go get somebody. Who do you go get? Realistically, who do you go get? Remember, Dak's under contract. You got to pay him. So remember that you can't just cut him. And save $40 million. That's not how this works. You're paying Dak no matter what. Remember that. But what do you do? And I don't want to just hear bench Dak and put in Cooper Rush because you're a worse team. I get Dak sucked last night too. We'll say sucked a bunch more on this show. But what do you say? Big fat poll of the day. 512-447-3776. What should the Cowboys do next? What is the next move for the Cowboys? If you're Jerry Jones, and I know, I know, if you're in reality, if you don't say sell the team. We all know if we were Jerry Jones for one day, we'd all sell the team. We all know that. But if you're Jerry Jones and you're keeping the team, what do you do next? 
Tell me on the text line, 512-447-3776. Keep talking Texas football with me. We're going to come back, talk more Texas football, more of your text, 512-447-3776, right here on the Sports Complex on the Horn 1019 AM 1260, the Horn app and hornfm.com. The Sports Complex of the Horn. Back on the sports complex on a Monday afternoon. Team of the week, playing songs, playing at ACL Fest. Bands are playing ACL Fest, uh... We'll be playing those songs for you all week. You know, we, we normally do it around this time of year. Play the bands that are going to be at ACL Fest. We're in between the two weeks. So there's, uh, so you'll be knowing all these bands, hopefully. If you don't know any of these, you can go see them uh, at ACL Fest if you already have your tickets. I think it's too expensive to go now if you don't already have tickets. Might be too expensive to go always. I'm not a festival guy. Too much of a, too spoiled when I was young. I was in too many VIPs and backstages, and now uh, I can't be with Gen Pop anymore. Ruined it for me always. Terrible. Terrible. Talking Texas and OU. 512 447 3776. We have the big fat poll today talking Cowboys. What should they do next? Send that in. Tell us what your opinion is, what, tech, what the Cowboys should do next. Can't say sell the team. We all know. We all know sell the team. We all know. Not going to happen. But. Text that in, 512-447-3776, and more Texas football, whatever you want to talk about. Let's go ahead back and hit uh, the text line. Uh, let's go into Fire Sark. That's silly. We're not going to fire Sark. He's done a great job on a lot of things. This was a this is a lapse, and hopefully we grow from it, but not to mention lack of creativity to scheme on a TD on a goal line stand, the goal line stand was embarrassing. It was embarrassing. I hate the goal line stand, and I think Sark did too. I think every player did too, and it's that's one of those silver linings. You get that this is a learning experience that you're not going to be doing in the Big 12 championship and costing yourself a trip to the big the, the, the college football playoffs. You're not doing that. We did not cost ourselves a trip yet. We didn't cost ourselves a Big 12 championship yet. You can still play for both of those. So it's not the end of the world. But you And you don't want to fire Sark because there isn't. Like, all these things you have to remember. You have to then go into, well, who's behind the line? Who's next? Who's next? Hey, Patrick, I met you Saturday at the Texas Watch Party. Very nice to meet you. Kevin, yes. Kevin, I appreciate uh, meeting you out there. Uh, we were we were cheering for Jay Witt out there. We were trying to get Jay Witt. I, uh, we, <laughs> and there was a point in the game where they finally started to go to him because he was what they were given, and Quinn was just trying to find what, was, what the Oklahoma defense was given. And, and credit to Quinn for doing that. So I appreciate that. Nice to meet you, Kevin. I appreciate that. Bebo Angel says, The Jake Majors injury uh, was absolutely de- uh, detrimental to our offensive rhythm. Our conservative play calling and our last drive to sell for a field goal was a huge mistake. Left way too much time on the clock and put the game in the half of our in the hat of our defense, which struggled the entire game. Why, why, why? Texas, why? Agree. No, the Texas, why? Uh, look, I, I think Jake Majors going down was big. Uh, you saw that they were not able to communicate as well. They, they both players seemed befuddled at points in the game. Uh, I, I do think that was a big injury. 
Uh, Connor Robertson did a pretty good job for coming in. I'll give him credit that he, you know, being put in a position you don't expect to be into, those are that's a big pair of shoes to walk in and try and fill. Uh, I think he did okay in that role. Uh, Sark actually mentioned it. Sark talked about Connor Robertson. Here's Sark talking about Connor Robertson, the guy who had to step in uh, for Jake Majors. You know, Jake going down put us in a little bit of a pickle because Cole Hudson's really our backup center. So then you you know we got to Connor, who in his first real action in in that setting uh, um, did a nice job. You know, I mean, there's sure there's plays he'd love to maybe do a little bit better, and he had one flinch of the ball. Uh, but in that setting, especially in some of those times when we were backed up in their end with the crowd noise, uh, his snaps were good. I thought he communicated relatively well at the line of scrimmage. Um, so I think you know having a guy who didn't prepare to play necessarily in the ball game as the front line guy play 74 snaps in the game uh, in that environment, um, you know I think for for his first real action that was pretty good. I think Connor Robertson did okay. It was it was painful. You can't lose a guy like Jake Majors and it not be a problem. That doesn't excuse the fact that the defensive line was able to push around the offensive line. That doesn't excuse that. Uh, but yes, there was points of where, and the reality was Quinn did pretty well at the end. That stride, the the stall, of the drive in the fourth quarter, uh, that was annoying. There was some play calling that I wasn't a fan of. But again, I you know, as a, as a Monday morning quarterback. There's only so much play calling I can criticize of. I can criticize things that are clearly a problem, and they've been problems for a while. For the play calling, for the most part, wasn't terrible in this game. Uh, it wasn't great, but it wasn't terrible. Uh, but yeah, that, that, that draw, the drive stalling out and basically getting some penalties uh, really cost this team. 70 yards in penalties, I believe, uh, in this game. Maybe more than that. I have to look at that number again. Uh, but the penalties cost them a ton in this game as well. Just seeming like it was a, a big environment that they kind of walked into with the confidence that once they got punched in the mouth, didn't have from our texter. We, how many snaps did you take? Exactly zero. I was not even in Dallas. I say we a lot in this. It's how I talk. I'm talking about the game. Uh, so I say we a lot. Apologize if it uh, annoys you. I am not on the team. Have never been on the team. Never claimed to be. I say we because as many sports, as many, uh, sports fans, as many fans of uh, – of football and the Longhorns and everything else, you kind of take things personally because you're watching them. Uh, I, I don't think I take it any more personally than anyone in the team. I think they're much more upset about losing than I am. But that's why I say we. Uh, Chief Engineer, uh, we do have uh, getting mad that you had to listen to Baker Mayfield before the game as well. That wasn't great. Uh, Lee Corso, never. I don't know why they put that guy on a clock right before a game. That seems crazy to me. Uh I do, yeah. If we go to another Alamo Bowl, yeah, no, no. This is a Texas team. These are all fixable things. This is where, if you want to talk about the real silver lining about this game, is that this happened now and not in the Big 12 championship game, and it knocks us out and it makes us team five because they want to put Ohio State and Michigan in, and they want to put out, like, it, that's there's a benefit. There's a benefit that this is a Texas team that can now respond and go out there and handle what they do. Like, if you look at the Kansas game, we, we beat Kansas handily, and everybody said, well, this Kansas team's trash, and they just beat the crap out of UCF. So there's a lot of love in this for this Texas team still. There's a lot that can go right for this Texas team if they continue to handle their business. I think this is the wake-up call. That you can't walk around with your chest puffed out, chest puffed out, and then not deliver. That's what I think. I think it, there is a positive that will come out of this, which is this team's going to go with the bye week. They're going to train hard, and I think they can come out and make a big difference going forward. Jimmy the Gringo, keep on preaching, Patrick. I'm 100 percent with you. 
Uh, I appreciate that, Jimmy. I appreciate that you're with me. Uh, we get an out coached, and we don't control our own destiny. We don't control our own destiny anymore. I know we don't really, but we do. We do because if we went out, we should be able to get there. West Virginia is not going to go undefeated. You know, we're, we're going to be able to get back into that Big 12 championship game. The Big 12 will beat itself up enough. There's two really good teams in the Big 12. The rest of it's not great. And, you know, we lost to one of them. And we're the other one. Sorry. Texas lost to one of them. Oklahoma's the other one. Don't want to offend anybody. Uh, Alabama, we played to win four quarters. Oklahoma, we played not to lose. I, I don't even think we didn't play not to lose against Oklahoma. I think Alabama, we Texas went into this game trying to be you know, trying to prove that they had something to prove. I don't think they had anything to prove against Oklahoma, and they did. They just didn't act like they had something to prove. They felt like they were already the number, you know, we were talking about it on the text line. Who or What are they going to do when Texas is number one? Oh, tech, the national, no one's going to be able to handle it when Texas is number one. That was a talk. Then Georgia handled their business. They said, no, we're number one. Michigan handles their business. They're number two. You Texas didn't handle theirs. They acted like they had already proved enough in five weeks of play. it's a, Look, they're young guys. This happens. It's not the end of the world. It just sucks. This is the game to light a fire, and I wouldn't be surprised. There is a players-only meeting, number two. I don't know if there's going to be a players-only meeting. This is a bye week, so there's a lot more time where you can kind of talk. You don't need to actually hit it as quickly. There may be. Uh, there may be a players-only meeting, but I don't know. I don't know if you can do that as much, and I feel like if the player's only meeting, it's got to be called by an offensive or a defensive lineman because that really was kind of the key to it was the offensive and defensive line just didn't come out and, and perform at the level they needed to. So I think they would have to call it. I don't know if they're going to. I think they know. I think everybody's aware of what happened. I don't think anybody's walking away from this game thinking, oh, well, it was, you know, the ball just bounced the wrong way. You know, you get that. You get the punt block. And then he went after it again, which I don't and, – and I get Keelan Robinson. I feel bad for the guy because he just didn't have a great game. And you could tell he really, really wanted to make this his mark, that he was going to have the mark in the special teams. And the Texas-Oklahoma on a national stage, undefeated team, Keelan Robinson was going to make his mark. And he was just a little bit too aggressive, and he made some mistakes. And I feel bad because I know what he was trying to do. And it just – that kind of play, it just – it hurts – it hurts when you give him a, you know, you give him a fresh set of downs, or when you give him better field position, or when you return a ball out that you don't need to return out. All of those. Mike and Omaha, Patrick had an undersized O line hold off our D line. They had at least one guy under three hundred and maybe two. Largest guy was three twenty. If I remember right, I know it's more than size, but frustrating and puzzling. Well, the reality was what they did really well. What what Oklahoma did really well was moving Texas to where they wanted to. So all you're really trying to do is guide guys. And they guided Texas to where they wanted to be. And some of those pockets, if you go back and watch this game, some of those pockets Dylan Gabriel's throwing out of, you know, he doesn't even have room to really throw the ball. He kind of has to lift the ball up and throw in somewhat of an awkward motion to throw the ball because of the D-line getting pressure and the box is closing in. But they weren't able to get to him enough. They weren't able to get the hands across. And the D-line, the offensive line was able to control, and they were able to push them and say, okay, well, if Dylan Gabriel is going to leak out this side, then we know to kind of let the guy pass us, but let him pass it away where he's he pushing us, but we're telling him where to push us. And that's what Oklahoma did really well. The game plan was that, was to not necessarily completely hold your ground, 
but to push wherever you want to push. And the defensive line, I don't know how. I don't know how they were able to get that pressure up top, especially in that goal line, but they were. But they were. Uh, what Chan, what about the recruits? Did they groan when we sucked? I, we didn't get blown out 49 to nothing. Uh, I think if recruits look in that game, a lot of the recruits will be able to say, you know, hey, th- this I would rather be part of the solution. I'd rather be the next guy. Because we know that's what something that a lot of guys have come to Texas for. A lot of guys came to Texas to be the guys that took Texas back to prominence. They wanted to be those guys. I think you can watch that game and still say that. I don't know if, you know, it, it definitely, if you're a defensive player, it made Brett Benneville's defense look a lot better. But I don't know if we lost him as bad as 49-0 last year. You just couldn't get blown out in that game. You just can't get blown out. we got to take one more break uh, before we get to the top of the hour. Uh, we'll take our break. Uh, we'll come back and read more of your text, more text OU talk, 512-447-3776, right here on the Sports Complex on the Horn 1019 and 1260, the Horn app and hornfm.com. The Sports Complex, afternoons 5 to 7 on the Horn. Back in the Sports Complex on a overreaction Monday and over the top talk off the ledge Monday. I know. I know. We're going to get into Cowboys. It's going to get worse. Texas is not the worst. Cowboys is the worst. Playing ACL artist all week. Theme of the week. Some Mars Volta there for you. Playing ACL fest. Uh, love you guys on the text line. 512-447-3776. You guys are pretty rational. Some of you. Some of you may be over the top. We're not firing Sark. Maybe a bit over the top for a for a game that you barely lost when you had a pretty bad game, maybe you're a little over the top. Play calling should have been great. Sark needs an offensive coordinator who calls the plays. He was out coached. This game will never make it to the playoffs. This team, I think, will never make it to the playoffs. They still could. This this team's really good. Uh, Sark does get out coached at points because he tries to coach his way, and he wants to because that's how Pete Carroll coached. That's how Sark coached. Uh, I'm sorry, uh, Saban coached. They coach their way. They don't game plan. They don't necessarily always game plan for another team because they have good enough teams. They have, you know, once you get that dynasty rolling, you go, this is the plays we call. We're call, We're going to go out and implement our system onto other teams and we'll impose our will. Texas is not good enough to do that yet. He's been staying away from it and he got too far back into it in this game. Uh, but I, I think this is his best play calling season so far. From what I've seen so far, this is the best play calling season. That also uh, implemented with uh, how Texas team is executing those plays. Uh, Big Cheesy says, I was so sad for Jordan Whittington when he did not score. Yeah, that was pretty sad uh, that he, uh, he he got so close and everybody wanted him to get it. When he got back up and he was going, everybody wanted Jay Witt to get that touchdown. Not just for the touchdown, but everybody wanted it for Jay Witt. Everybody wanted it for him. Yeah, d- disappointing. Just disappointing, but a good play by Oklahoma to be able to stop that. Good play by them. Uh we had another text. This was not Sark's fault. Players must execute the plays. Ewers' passes were too high in the early interception inside the five that ended up being the hands off Sooners out of our defense. Must learn how to spy on a running QB. Yeah, they, they do overcommit at points. They do overcommit, but it's not. Uh, they, they did a lot of this stuff pretty well that Dylan Gabriel, they just weren't prepared for. I don't think in any sense of the, you know, PK kind of thought that they could handle other pieces of that that team in the in the defense, and they weren't ready for it. I bet Sanders goes off in the game following the bye week after two weeks to heal. It'd be nice to see Sark was asked today uh, about 
his pitch count and whether he was playing or not, if you want to know what kind of why he wasn't in the game as much. Here's Sark explaining JT Sanders and how much he played in that game and why he was out at points and Gunnar Helm was in and why he came back in, uh, why it may seem like he was on a pitch count. This is what Sark had to say. Jatavion really wasn't on a pitch count like X number of plays. We were just trying to monitor him on how he was moving. And, you know, I think early on in the game it was – getting adjusted to not being 100% and what did that feel like for him and then I felt like he kind of got himself warmed up and then he had a stretch in there that wasn't great again um, and so we, we tried to lean back into Gunner Helm a little bit more uh, and then try to try to just have him available for us in the fourth quarter so uh, it wasn't so much just an, an, an actual number but it was just trying to monitor how he was playing within the moment and so uh, a admirable effort by him. Uh, I know it was frustrating because he couldn't be at his best. Uh, there were some plays that I'm glad he was out there and some other plays that I'm sure were frustrating for him that he wasn't able to execute the way he's normally able to execute. Yeah, so J.T. Sanders not at 100%. The injuries, Jake Major's injury, all that's bad. Ryan Watts' injury, you can put all that. Jalen Catalan, you can go with that. They had injuries on Oklahoma's side, too. They just wanted it more. They just wanted it more. Jalen Ford had a terrible game, this texter says. He was sleepwalking as Gabriel flashed right by him. And this, I feel bad for Jalen Ford, too. He did not have a good game. He seemed out of it at many points. Uh, but he also didn't have a terrible game in the fact that he still was in on a lot of tackles. He was there. But we also saw this is the slowest I've seen Texas look all season. They just looked like they were not up for the up for it. They were slow. There was not parties to football. There were plays that Oklahoma got two to three extra yards in because no one else just came in to lay that hit down and get the extra hit. There was just too much of that during that game. Too much to happen during Texas OU. We're going to keep reading some of your texts. We get in the next hour. Uh, also, big fat poll of the day today. Cowboys, what do you do? If you're a Cowboys fan, if you're taking over the team, you can't say sell the team. Do you fire Mike McCarthy? Do you... Do you try and do you make a big trade? Who do you trade for? Are you trading for for another big player? How are you getting CD Lamb involved? Who's calling plays? What are you doing? Do you just stay the course? Do you say, oh, it was a bad week and you move on? What do you do if you're a Cowboys? What do you do? I don't know the answers to that one either. I'm asking you guys. Big fat poll today. Send that in. 512-447-3776. 512-447-3776. We'll be right back. More of your text. Some Cowboys, some talk. We'll mention the Texans too. Maybe talk a little. Uh, I'll give you a little NBA update too, but it'll be like two minutes. Don't worry, I won't talk too much about the. I, I want to talk Spurs whole season, all the whole day, just because I didn't want to talk about Texas OU. You guys are making it better. I appreciate you on the text line. We'll be right back on the Sports Complex, the Horn 1019 AM 1260, the Horn app and HornFM.com.